and we are very happy to have in the studios with us right now the Republican candidate for governor, Paul Mango, and Lieutenant Governor Diana Vaughn. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Frank. Thanks for having us. I, you, you just mentioned uh, that you have roots in our area, Susquehanna County. Yeah, my granddad uh, left Italy in March of 1909, got uh, landed in Philadelphia a couple weeks later, and uh, they took him straight up to Susquehanna County in the town of Susquehanna, where he worked for decades on the uh, railroad. Yeah, now he would be up there with the uh, Marcellus Shale people up there in Susquehanna yeah. County. Busy time. And Diana, you're a county commissioner by background? Yes, in Washington County for the last 23 years. And I guess that kind of gives you a little bit of insight into what some of the counties are dealing with. Absolutely. And also all the mandates coming out of Harrisburg and how the allocations of funds and the service of those programs meet the people. Now, now, Paul, you, you know, I, I, I mentioned to you that I met you the first time at the St. Patrick's Day Parade when you were there. So you have been in and out of our area many times. Are you crisscrossing the state right now? Yeah, we actually um, been at it 15 months, Frank, and uh, about 80 to 85,000 miles on the car. Uh, and I've been uh-huh. up here in the Northeast probably 15 or 20 different times. So it's it's been wonderful. As, uh, as I said, this is where the Mango family roots started. So I always feel welcome as an Italian Catholic up here in the, <laughs> up here in the Northeast. Now, your your focus seems to be the economy, yeah, uh, and, and there's a, a million aspects of that. But what what are you hearing from people, and and what what what's driving you when you talk about the Pennsylvania economy? Well, there's a tremendous amount of economic uh, insecurity uh, amongst people who are working. Uh, they haven't seen their wages increase in close to a decade since the credit crisis. Maybe it's going up a little bit, one or two percent. But guess what? Their property taxes are going up double digits every year. Healthcare premiums under Governor Wolf in three and a half years have doubled. They're trying to save for their kids' education. That's difficult as tuition payments. So they feel squeezed. And the opportunities we have here in Pennsylvania are extraordinary to have a prosperous, growing economy. But we don't. As you mentioned a little bit earlier, we have energy, we have agriculture, unbelievable technology coming out of our universities. We have proximity to the best commercial markets in the world. Yet we do not have a set of policies that is promoting growth. In fact, they're inhibiting growth. And we don't have a governor, I'm sorry, who's out there fighting for Pennsylvanians and for jobs. He's simply not. So we can turn this thing around very quickly, Frank. Now, people who are texting and people who have called and people who, you know, are really following not just your race, but, you know, the state rep races, they keep saying to me, the only issue we care about right now, property taxes, SB 76, House Bill 76. Ask everybody where they stand. What are they going to do? Because Governor Wolf has not been real big on those bills. Where, where do you both stand on the property tax reform? Yeah, um, we're, we're aligned on it. And we're the only candidate, Frank. I think your listeners have to know this. We're the only candidate. Uh, who has made a commitment to uh, signing Senate Bill 76 as soon as it hits our desks. The senator, Senator Wagner, said he wants to apply his tools, zero-based budgeting first to the budget. And once we get a balanced budget, he'll consider SB 76. And the other candidate, Ellsworth, has said she won't try to eliminate school property taxes. So we are 100% behind that. We understand the pain that seniors are going through in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, 10,000 a year evicted from their homes because they can't pay property taxes. So we're going to modernize the way we finance our schools. I'm 100% behind Senate Bill 76. And uh, Diana? I agree completely. Washington County went through a court-ordered reassessment, and I can tell you that the effect with homeowners on with pro- with school property taxes has been very destructive. Yeah. I mean, it, it's such a major issue in this area. We have very strong grassroots groups that are, you know, 
pushing and pressing and, and, and you know, pressing me to make sure that I get a commitment from people. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about the economy, when you talk about turning things around quickly, uh, having been in Harrisburg, you know, that preaches up good, but it's hard to live. How do you really make it happen? Well, <laughs> you know, Frank, I spent 30 years in business. Uh, that's my background after the military. And I worked, I had the privilege of working with some of the most respected chief executives in the world. And I built a business myself, a big half a billion dollar business. It all starts with a vision. Why don't we define where we want to be five years from now, 10 years from now in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? Why don't we define the types of industries we want to be global leaders in? I'll give you a few. Energy is one of them. Drug discovery is another one. If you go down to the southeast part of the state, we're leaders in that. Artificial intelligence and robotics, global leaders. In, uh, if you go to uh, Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, uh, there's a thing called additive manufacturing up at Penn State. We have clusters of economic activity that if, if cultivated a little bit further, become global leaders. So uh, when we talk about it, what are the things that they need to be successful? Well, we have the highest, effectively the highest corporate state tax rate in the country. We need to lower that. We have overburdensome regulations. And it's not the regulations themselves, Frank, it's the attitude in Harrisburg that a business leader is inherently a a bad person trying to hurt the environment. Well, that's not true. Uh, So we have a year sometimes to wait for a permit. As someone told me, you shouldn't have to move heaven to move earth in Pennsylvania, but that's that's the truth. So that, uh, so taxes, regulations, we need to rebuild our infrastructure. It's a third world infrastructure. How are we gonna be first world globally competitive? We have had an evaporation of our skilled labor. I'm talking about the trades, uh, carpenters, plumbers, steam pipe fitters, machine tool operators. We have tens of thousands of jobs that are wanting for those skills in Pennsylvania. That's that workforce evaporated. And we need a governor who's going to go out, as I said before, and fight. Uh, governor Wolf has not left the Commonwealth once in his three and a half years for the purpose of promoting Pennsylvania products and services. We need a chief executive who's going to fight for Pennsylvanians. All right. If you just joined us, folks, 60 minutes after four o'clock, we, in the studio with us is a Republican candidate for Governor Paul Mango and Lieutenant Governor candidate uh, Diana Vaughn. If you have a question for them, please text it at 883 uh, We do have one text and I'll throw it out and you guys can can answer it as you will. Uh, The severance tax on natural gas, yay or nay, what do you think? Absolutely nay. And Diana's from Washington County. Just maybe elaborate a little bit, Diana. Yes. I can tell you that it's not going to be good for the economy. We already, with the impact fee, have a comparative tax when you look at the surrounding states. So if we were to enact the severance tax, you would see a great deal of job loss um, in Pennsylvania. Now, I want to ask you a question as a county commissioner. When when Paul talked about, you know, bringing companies here, Mm -hmm. you must have some experience with them either not looking at us or looking at us or why they don't look at us. You know, what's affecting the counties? Thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) Washington County has the lowest county tax rate in southwestern Pennsylvania. By investing in infrastructure, creating industrial parks, ready to build sites, we've been able to grow Washington County's economy by over 8,000 new jobs. We streamlined economic development, putting everything together under the Chamber of Commerce. So there's basically a one-stop shop. We've done job forecasting with businesses, used our job training to help to provide 
um, forecasting to the high school. So we have the skilled labor for businesses to locate in our county. We've been very successful. We've grown a population. So we're having tremendous success when you look at other counties in the Commonwealth who are not. Yeah. Paul, uh, you, you mentioned something kind of just in passing. Yeah. And we got a, a lot of people that just want you to elaborate on it. And so do I. First of all, thank you for your service. Yeah. People want to know a little bit about your military experience. Well, let, let me start by saying my dad was a National Guardsman the whole time I was growing up and uh, actually assigned to a Special Forces unit for a while. And I uh, observed him coming back from airborne school uh, when I was a seven-year-old in 1966 and had a real impression on me. But I started at age 18 uh, at West Point. It's the only college uh, I applied to. Uh, very transformational experience. I met my wife there. So my wife is also a West Point graduate, one of the early women to graduate. She was in the third class. While at West Point, I uh, had the opportunity to attend Ranger School. Uh, there were 40, about 40 cadets out of 1,000 a year that were chosen to go. So I was privileged to go there. After graduation, I uh, was assigned to the 82nd Airborne Division. I was a field artillery officer, had a great time there, and then uh, had an assignment in Germany as well in the middle eighties, you know, when the cold war was still quote raging, uh, we had 300,000, uh, servicemen and women over in, um, Germany. So that was, uh, that was, you know, from 1977 to 86, uh, I was, uh, on active duty and, uh, as a cadet. And then as an officer, I, uh, resigned as a captain and, uh, left to go to Harvard business school in 1986. Well, thank you for your service. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned in passing, and, and I'm going to throw this out so you can think about it, and then we'll take a break and you can come back. You talked about infrastructure and we got a flood of people going, we have the highest gas tax in the country. How is it being spent? And what are you going to do to fix our potholes? So Paul Mango and Diana Vaughn are in the studio with us, and we'll be back with more at 20 minutes after four on WYLK. Uh, gubernatorial candidate Paul Mango in the studio and Lieutenant Governor candidate Diana Vaughn in the studio and lots of people with uh, questions about the gas tax and the infrastructure, which you kind of introduced when you were commenting, Paul. Yep. Uh, let's let Diana uh, maybe get started and I'll, okay. because she's seen it at the front line in Washington County. Yes. Well, with in infrastructure, first, the roads have to be safe. And with the pothole situation that we always seem to have in Pennsylvania, they're not safe. Um, a part of the problem is that all of the money from the gas tax does not go into infrastructure. On the county level, we receive money for bridges. I can tell you that uh, the requirements that PennDOT puts in place make us overbuild bridges to an extent that they don't need to be, costing a additional dollars. Also, when you have development coming in, um, you're required to do traffic studies. When you know that this county or this area has done um, a plan for growth, a comprehensive plan, you know that that study needs to extend to a larger vicinity because you're spending more money when you go back and you do the second plan. So there are a lot of different ways that we can reduce costs and have more money to take care of what's really necessary. And when we talk about infrastructure, we also have to remember that we we need um, a lot of uh, old water lines replaced so we can bring businesses in, that we need property that's cleared and ready for businesses to come and, and build. Yeah. And Frank, just to add to that, I think there's two really big issues here underlying our lack of what I call first world um, infrastructure. One is uh, we don't have a growth economy. Okay. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. If we keep on having the economy we've had under Governor Wolf, we're not going to be able to meet our most basic needs. Uh, public safety. They're already struggling to get enough and pay for enough law enforcement officers, education, health care for the truly vulnerable. Uh, so that's, that's, that's point number one. But point number two is we have a guy who is expanding in Governor Wolf, expanding 
what I call the liberal progressive socialist welfare programs. Um, he expanded Medicaid, 800,000 folks, a lot of them able-bodied adults. Next year, we're going to be paying an additional $500 million for those able-bodied adults on Medicaid. And my point is, the more we ex extend and expand these social programs, the less resource we're going to have to rebuild our infrastructure and the less infrastructure we're going to have to have a first world economy. So that's why I say we have to, we have to absolutely turn this thing around. And I think it's important people understand what is, what type of infrastructure we talk about. It's not just roads and bridges. Those are important. It's ports, it's locks in the Western part of the Commonwealth. Uh, it's pipelines. How about internet access? There's a lot of rural areas in the Northeast part of Pennsylvania that don't even have internet access. And that's important uh, for economic growth. Uh, we could have a lot more residents here if they have access to the, you know, the uh, global, global economy through the internet, but they don't when they're in good parts of the Poconos and every place else. So we got to get that stuff done if we're going to grow. Now, I'm just curious, you successful businessman, you said you have a master's degree from Harvard? In business, yes. In business. County commissioner? Right, successful in, in what you do. Why would you jump into this craziness? Why, why, why would you want to be governor? Why would you want to be lieutenant governor? Why? Well, Frank, I think it starts with where we began uh, several minutes ago, which is I had a granddad who came from Italy with nothing. 14 years old, by himself, couldn't read, couldn't write, couldn't speak English. Big dream in his heart. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the beneficiary of that dream. Think about that. Two generations later, kid whose parents didn't even go to college, right? Gets to go to West Point, Harvard Business School, lead soldiers in the 82nd Airborne Division, work for one of the most respected professional advisory firms in the world, five daughters, a wonderful wife of 36 years. Those are called blessings from God and country. And, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. And I, you know, people ask me uh, to run for other offices, like Senator. And um, no one could describe to me what the opportunity for positive impact on people was as a freshman senator in Washington, D.C. But when I started talking to seven or eight other governors around the country, Paul, this is, this is a job where you can have huge impact. You're the right guy. And by the way, we love Pennsylvania. We'll trade you what Pennsylvania has for what we have any day. Diana? Why? <laughs> I love what I do serving as a county commissioner for 23 years. And I've had tremendous success in Washington County. When Paul Mango um, announced for governor and I met Paul and I listened to the plans he had and I saw how he listened to see what the issues were in communities. I got really excited about the opportunity Pennsylvania would have with a leader like Paul Mango. I endorsed him early on and had been doing um, events trying to build his campaign because he is inspiring. He has tremendous leadership skills. He's a man of impeccable character, unmatched competence. And so I jumped at the opportunity to be his running mate and serve Pennsylvania and hopefully replicate the same kind of successes we've had in Washington County in all Pennsylvania. Now we have about 30 seconds uh, and then we're going to take a break for news. When we come back, we have lots of people that, uh, that have questions about campaign finance. One of the questions that has repeatedly come in is when you're talking about building up Pennsylvania, what role do the lobbyists play and how do you deal with that? So you guys can think about that. We'll take a break for news. We'll be Paul Mango and Diana Vaughn uh, campaigning uh, as Republicans, governor, lieutenant governor in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, Paul, when you mentioned your military experience, we had a bunch of questions about the VA, about suicide epidemic among veterans, homeless veterans. And Diana, you mentioned that you 
pretty involved in that, huh? Yes, I am. My husband is in year 41 in military service with seven mobilizations in the last 14 and a half years. And Washington County has... Um, a center, it's called Washington City Mission, and they take a lot of homeless veterans in. Uh, homeless veterans, well, for all veterans, they're twice as likely to be homeless, have issues with suicide and dependency. And so I got involved, and uh, last May, I ran the Pittsburgh Marathon, and in this past January, I ran in Disney World the half marathon, followed by the marathon the next day. Holy cow. Raising, <laughs> raising money for this homeless veteran shelter that they're building specifically for honorably discharged veterans. It's called Patriot House. And Paul and I were there together raising the final beam for Patriot House. And a 22-bed facility, because each day in America, an average of 22 veterans commit suicide. So I've raised... Um, over $102,000 for Washington City Mission in, in just uh, eight months. Paul, it's, it's kind of a strange segue here, but you know, going to Harrisburg as governor is kind of like going into a combat zone. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and pe- people have, have asked, uh, the lobbyists, the campaign financing, the budgeting, the, the, the committees, the craziness, how, how do you deal with that? And what are your opinions, especially on the lobbyists? Yeah, uh, you know, and I've met with... Um, Many lobbyists who have requested to have meetings with me, and I think it's a, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword, Frank. Um, the lobbyists can do actually a very good job of educating folks on issues that are complicated out there and, and give a point of view for their own clients, and I respect that. Uh, I do. But they can also uh, introduce conflicts of interest, right, uh, that may not be always in the best interest of the people but in the interest of their clients. So I think, I think a good chief executive has to understand where the, where the two are separate, uh, where you can learn and understand issues. And I'm always trying to listen and understand the perspective of others. I think we owe them that respect even if we don't agree with them. But at the same time, uh, not be subject to. Uh, you know, financial influence from them. I have financed a good part of my own campaign. Uh, I have not taken any uh, donations from any of the big lobbyists, and um, I believe I can be very independent in Harrisburg. You know, I don't. I don't think people always understand how how hard it is then to run a campaign without doing that. Without uh, taking the you know the lobbyist money and the big big money that's coming in from influence groups, yeah. And to put it in perspective, Frank, um, the last cycle when uh, Governor Corbett ran against Governor Wolf, they each spent in the low thirty million dollars, so sixty to sixty five million dollars total, and. Um, we believe we're the candidate of the people. We've been getting a tremendous amount of support, small dollar donations from a large number of Pennsylvanians, and we appreciate that. But if we're going to be competitive, if we're going to beat Governor Wolf, uh, we think we're going to need 30 to $40 million. And, um, you know, we don't want the, the people of Pennsylvania to bear all that burden. But I can tell you that one of the reasons we put out our plan called Restore the Dream, which is very detailed, very comprehensive, is we wanted to, the people of Pennsylvania to know in writing what we stood for. I'm interviewing for the chief executive role of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. They deserve to know beforehand, and the lobbyists aren't going to change my point of view on those things. When, when you decided to run, uh, you know, you, you, you had a, a platform. You knew what you wanted to, you know, talk about. From then until now, meeting the people, have any of the issues changed or has something that you didn't think was as important come to the surface? Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a series of hypotheses when I started, Frank, but I didn't have a plan. It took, we, we spent seven months listening to Pennsylvanians, thousands of them in hundreds of meetings. And what you see, our plan, Restore the Dream, is a compilation of what they told me. So it's the people's plan expressed through our website. It's not really my plan. And yes, there's five big issues, jobs and the economy, healthcare, education, 
drug overdose, and a functional government in Harrisburg. There's a lot of small issues people talk about. Those are the five big ones. Okay. You mentioned one, and we have a bunch of texts questioning that. School safety. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... (laughs) Yeah, in in a minute. Okay, in a minute. Let me just... No, no, I'm serious. Okay, just very quickly on school safety. Um, Let's be thoughtful about this for a second. Let's step back and say, what are the dangers and the risks that our children face in the public school or any school age, K through 12, environment today? School shootings. There's been about 400 deaths from school shootings since 1990. That's a tragedy. Last year, there were 4,000 suicides amongst kids that age. There were thousands more drug overdoses. So if we're really going to step back and say, how do we keep our kids safe and secure in the school environment? Let's look at it comprehensively. And a lot of the suicides are, as you can imagine, isolation, cyberbullying, bullying, those types of things in school. So what my plan and, and Diana, our plan together is to make sure each school district, 500 of them, assess comprehensively the threats they face and then develop a plan to address those threats because they're very different in one school district versus another. And the state's role is to make sure we audit that, to make sure it's sound, and help the schools resource it so that they can get it done. But we're not going to impose one-size-fits-all mandates on 500 school districts. And I think it's important to point out that this is not theory. You're father of five daughters? Absolutely. And you're a mother of three? Yes, three grandchildren. Three grandchildren, okay. Grown children. Grown children. I'm waiting for (laughs) grandchildren. Ready. (laughs) Okay, Uh, last question. The one thing that you want to say to the voters now, a week to the to the election, what do you want to say? Yeah, I think it's actually two things. But uh, one is um, what we've learned in the last year and a half is Pennsylvanians want to be inspired again. They want to know that they can be winners, Frank. Um, if you were born in Pennsylvania any time in the last 30 or 40 years, the only things you know are factories closing, businesses leaving, children leaving. Uh, you know, we're always ranked 37th or 49th or 50th and things. We've lost nine Congress congressional seats in the last five decades, right? Almost two every census. And people want to feel like they're part of a winning organization. So that's number one. We think we can bring that confidence back. But two, I think the, the voters need to understand that they need leaders of character in office. And why, why, why is that important? My opponent keeps on saying, Paul, let's talk about the issues, not character. I'm like, character's an issue. And here's why. Because the next governor doesn't know what he's going to face or she's going to face next week, next month, a year from now. And you want someone who is under pressure going to act on behalf of the people of Pennsylvania, not on behalf of their own personal interests. So those are two things we hope the voters will consider when they go to the polls next Tuesday and pull the lever for Paul Mango and Diana Vaughn. Diana, your thoughts? I will tell you that I think that we should um, encourage the voters to go to the website, mangoforpa.com, dianaforpa.com, and look at what we've done, look at what we stand for. And then we are asking for them to place their trust in us, their confidence in us, and come out and vote on May 15th. Um, I'm here because I have tremendous hope with Paul Mango and his vision and his leadership. And you need someone that when they are under pressure is going to be able to stand. And Paul Mango has proven that with his military training. Well, thank you both for being here. Uh, you know, good luck in the in the primary coming up in one week and safe travels wherever you're going, crisscrossing Pennsylvania. Thank you. Thank both. you, Frank. Thanks for having thank us. You. My pleasure. All right.